It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Feckin' Check-In, Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. Show. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Feckin' Check-In. I am Trainer and with me as always is my co-host Toomey. How are you doing on this Friday evening, Toomey? Very good, yeah. Uh, Friday evening, it's good to, to chat to you. Very bit busy work week of work, to be honest. Uh, a lot going on. I think this, this time of year is quite busy for people. I think a lot of work is uh, kind of crammed in. And for the first time ever, this will be a Feckin' Check-In where I actually have to leave early. Um, I explained yeah. to you off air what I what I have to do, which is kind of an urgent thing. T- took me by surprise a bit, but obviously we're we're struggling to squeeze this in, and we do need to do one of these. Uh, where we only have to do one a month, and it's still hard to fill it in. <laughs> Isn't that mental? Yeah, yeah but, it's uh, crazy. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, no, no, that's fair enough. Look, yeah, if you want need to drop off for the last bit, um, you can. That's fine, and I believe you have somebody who's going to dial into the Skype call to take your place, which is very intriguing for me, actually. Yeah, I just thought, you know what, I'm not going to be able to do the whole the whole episode, so I'll get someone that we both know very well. Um, so I thought, but I thought it'd be actually fun to leave it as a surprise. Um, so, so, so th- guess- this is like uh, that Tommy Tiernan show where he has like an interview with a person and he doesn't know who it is, uh, and then he finds out later on. Yeah, I just I'll, I'll enjoy listening back to your, your reaction when you when you learn who it is. Fair enough. It okay, lives. look, I, I'm I'm happy to go with that. It's a bit of excitement for the feckin' check in, uh, but it's exciting to be back after a month. Um, doing this every month it keeps it really fresh. I think people are people are looking forward to this. At least two people. At least two people, and uh, we're at the end of February, so it's a kind of a reflection on February, February, and February as well. A lot of people just say February and pretend the R isn't there. Yeah, I've noticed that recently a lot. Um, Febru- How do you say it, honestly? No, no mess. All right, all right, let me just do it completely naturally. Okay, February. Oh, I so sort you say Feb, February. Yeah, I kind of, I mask it. I mask my confusion. February. You mask it in a lie. Yes. What do you say? I say February, but it sounds foreign to me every time I say it. I've never gotten used to it, and I won't until the day I die, I don't think. Maybe some of the listeners can write in <laughs> and record th- how they say February. This to me, I'm, I'm, that's not like beneath me to post that type of shite on yes. the feckin' metal Twitter. So uh, it's funny you're making that as a joke, but... <laughs> yes, it would be in line with your recent... Uh, advertisements on fucking metal Twitter page. Well, it's getting great, great uh, traction at the moment, though. Yeah, that's what happens when you um, litter the feed with constant posts, you know, <laughs> shit at the wall and all that. The t-shirts is a good one to to draw people in. I'm enjoying the t-shirts actually. Uh, as I mentioned on fucking metal, though, recently, like if you want to just mute me, I will not take any any offence to it, and I won't know as well <laughs> if you do, and I wouldn't blame you. But um, yeah, t-shirts every day, and that's uh, that's only the start of it. Absolutely. So, to the unequated listener, this is the fucking check-in. This is the podcast about funny observations, entertainment, culture, and kernels of truth, and together that means feck and trainer. For the 34th time on the feckin' check-in, will you lead us out on your funny observation about February? Uh, Okay, so this is actually your observation, as are all of these points on this week's show, um, because I didn't do any. So, uh, 
maybe I'll throw it back to you. Yes, uh, it's uh, kind of funny, but not really. Uh, blah, 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 etc. I said that every time. <laughs> <laughs> the listener is growing We really weary. fucked ourselves with that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> funny, peculiar, blah, 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 etc. <laughs> Disqualifiers or disclaimers, etc. Um, in a previous feckin' check-in episode, we did a topic. We, we talked about uh, memory techniques, and we both talked about the Loki method. So, ah, yes, the Dar- Darren Brown thing. Yeah. So this is when you use the human propensity to have a better uh, recall for navigation in order to memorize the memorize things. So what you do is you memorize a mental journey. So a regular routine, like it could be a walk to your local shop or your walk to work. And what you do is you place the memor- the to be remembered items along specific landmarks on that walk. And you can remember them easily because more easily, apparently, because the human brain has a kind of better, uh, as I said, propensity to rem- to remember journeys and locations. So like if you if you're walking somewhere, you kind of a few times you remember the way to walk and um, etc. Yes. And I'm, I, I've run out of gas after the like, explanation. So. <laughs> Could you say something for a minute while I recharge? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Uh, so I remember the last time you were talking about it and I remember Darren Brown in his book uh, Tricks of the Mind talked about placing objects in a room, a familiar room and then if he was trying to remember a deck of cards he would place 13 objects in a room and then for each object he would attach three stickers and when he was doing things with the deck and there were cards being removed one by one he'd remove a sticker or he'd remove the object eventually when all four of a card had been removed uh, or if, if he was counting cards in a casino I think that was it or something like that but um, yeah I know exactly what you're talking about and I've read that book as well actually yes so the, the whole idea is Loki it's called the Loki method so Loki is I think it's either Latin or Greek I don't know one of them for uh, it means places it doesn't matter what it is <laughs> well, <laughs> No, I was just going to emphasize that that's why it's called Loki, because it's like location. Oh, yeah. So oh, the whole emphasis is on location, where you place Isn't things. Isn't Loki a character in um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yes, he is. L-O-K-I, I haven't seen, I seen any of those, but um, just to, yeah, I do know that. that that's the thing. <laughs> it's very important. Um, anyway, I am into research. I do it as part of my job, and this was completely different to the research area that I work in full time. But I was always interested in the Loki method because when I was in college, myself and my wife, Liz, uh, used the Loki method to both get, uh, to be honest, first class honours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be all humble. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> if you've got it, flaunt it. <laughs> but we weren't uh, A students, shall we say, and we used the Loki method to memorize lots of uh, information. I remember going into one exam and writing out 30 references and one or two key points from each reference, like the name of the author of the year and the key point we wanted to put into uh, so our exams. did you write that all down the minute you got in and then you had it there on their back page kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. We wrote it down the minute we got in. Um, Jesus. So you're like one of those people who starts writing the minute they get in furiously and then the likes of me is looking around at you going, what the fuck are you writing? You haven't even read the question. Uh, yes, but I don't know if the other people are doing what I'm doing. No, but those people used to really put me off in an exam. Like, you know, when you were sitting the leaving cert and you went in and you'd open English paper two or something, something where there'd be some comprehension or you'd really have to think for a while. And some other prick beside you just starts writing furiously like he's writing a fucking... His autobiography because he has a terminal illness or something. Yes, yeah. Like, those, what are you writing? <laughs> the regurgitators. Yeah. 
put them down by calling them regurgitators. Um, anyway, uh, back to the story. Uh, if it is a story or an observation, who knows? Um, but yes, me and Liz did it for our exams in college many years ago and with great success. And years passed and I was always interested in the Loki method. And I, I, as I went on in my own career, I got interested in meta-analysis. So that's when you take the results of lots of studies, individual studies, and bring them together and you combine the results into one overall result to kind of uh-huh. judge its effectiveness. So you, you combine the statistics from the uh, individual studies. So I thought to myself, I'd do the Loki uh, uh, meta-analysis because a, a meta-analysis on the Loki method hasn't had never been done. So I put it all together and uh, there was 12 high-quality studies on the Loki method and there was lots more low-quality methods or studies, sorry. Um, and at the risk of boring the listener... <laughs> <laughs> I found out that the the Loki method has been used for thousands of years and um, it's been it's used by the world memory champions, the world memory athletes. And uh, yes, it's very popular. Uh, But anyway, the meta analysis uh, showed that it is effective um, for memorizing. That isn't the funny observation. Thank thank God. (laughs) That wasn't the punchline. Thank God. (laughs) So uh, I was uh, I shared the study online there after it was published in a journal called the Quarterly Journal of Experimental Psychology. Uh, Right, kind of very explanatory name. (laughs) (laughs) But what does it cover to me? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I shared it on Twitter, and I shared it on another website linked to my academic page, and. I put it up there and this guy contacted me. His name was Nikolai Boris, I think his name was. And Nikolai contacted me and he said, I saw you did the the Loki meta-analysis. I noticed that you didn't include my study in it. Why was that? Um, And then I got back to Nikolai and I explained why I didn't include his study. It was that his study had a different methodology than than what was eligible for my meta-analysis. And then... Then he also asked, um, have you ever used the Loki method before? And I said, yeah, I said, yes, I have. In fact, well, well, Nikolai, <laughs> I said, well, Nikolai. I said I, I myself, and my wife used it in college with great success, blah, blah, blah. And I explained it to him. And then I said, have you ever used it? And then Nikolai said, yes, in fact, I have. I'm the sixth time world memory champion with Germany. And I went to the memory <laughs> Olympics. <laughs> Okay, so I'm in touch now with the the world memory champion Nikolai Boris. I don't know if that's his real name, actually. <laughs> Should probably check okay. that. But now we're going to do a study together on the Loki method. So I'm meeting ah. him next week <laughs> by Plot Zoom. Twist. The world memory champion. <laughs> Fucking hell! So I I assumed that the story line here was going to be that he got really offended you didn't use his study or something. <laughs> you made an enemy in the Loki uh, community, but no, quite the opposite. Yes. So, uh, yeah, meeting him on Zoom, and it's going to be pretty funny and bizarre. Uh, well, that is great. funny. As Al, as Al Pacino might say, with Kevin Spacey doing an impression of him, very funny, very funny. Very, very funny, absolutely. Right. <laughs> I probably should leave it there, because I've waffled on about that for about 11 minutes. That is good, though. Uh, the six-time world memory champion. Is he the current world memory champion as well? Or is he just riding off past glories here? I think I mean, past anyone, glories. Anyone's the former world memory champion. Is he the current? 
<laughs> well, well, he also said he did it. He was part of the German Olympic team. And I, I was like, how do you become part of a team that wins the, the World Memory Championships? Uh, Olympics. Is there a Memory Olympics? Obviously, there is. Memory uh, Olympics. Maybe it's they're interchangeable terms. Um, yeah. Hmm. All right. Yes. Okay. All right. right. There we go. Right you are. Very, right very you are. good. Very interesting. Uh, you had another one there. Do you want to leave that one? <laughs> Being in Duns, oh. seeing a packed, packed of people going around at recipes. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> All right. We'll leave that one. Fuck it. I assume it was something to do with Pancake Tuesday or something. No, it was like. just like uh, I was in Duns there the other weekend. Lots of people were going around Duns. It was really busy in Duds. Uh, they all looked like they had recipes out. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funnier than the memory one. <laughs> that would have been better, wouldn't it? <laughs> We're taking a tenth of the time. Okay, so that's the funny observations. Two of them in the bag there. Uh, one was a bit shorter. Uh, okay, so we're going to go on to E for entertainment. To me, this was also your idea, but I have participated in this. But let us know, what was the E for entertainment for this month? This very month, a podcast was released called The Apology Line. And this was a document, documentation, documentary, uh, no, uh, documentary. <laughs> Yeah, it was like an audio documentary. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, yes, an audio documentary about something called the Apology Line, which was a free uh, telephone line that people in New York could ring up in the late 1980s. Um, and the idea was you ring up and you apologize for something. So it's a completely anonymous line. The mix of people that would, would leave their apologies. And the podcast is really good because it has the actual tapes from the apology line. So, so the actual people ringing in. So there was a, a whole host of different characters ringing in. Yeah. Um. So I went and listened to the first two episodes of this. And um, like you said, he was an arty fartsy kind of guy. And he decided to set up this line. And initially the type of people ringing in were like, I shoplifted or I was quite mean to a member of my family and then progressively the crimes that are getting confessed are getting worse and worse and people are talking about murder um and then somebody threatens to kill the actual person who set up the apology line now that's about as far as i listened and that's not too much of a spoiler but um he starts getting invested in these stories and with the people and with the police and all of this stuff and it kind of spirals out of control and I'm I'm absolutely fascinated by it and the only reason I haven't listened to the other four episodes, it's only six, is because I've been busy with other shit but I definitely will listen to them. It's unlike any podcast I've ever heard in my life, completely unique and in, in a sea of interchangeable podcasts about interchangeable topics that you've heard and seen before this is unique and it stands out on its own i agree with that completely and you could probably already tell from the first two episodes that it's it sort of drifts towards darkness it gets oh, darker definitely. and darker as it goes on definitely and uh, the person who is narrating it actually maybe don't give that away because that's kind of one of the big reveals um but the person who's narrating it has um a key role in the whole thing as well but it's not revealed what that is, maybe, I think, until the end of episode one. Definitely worth a listen, though. It's about 45 minutes, I think, in length, and they're very digestible episodes, and it's like a it's like a six-part drama on TV in audio form, 
and it's full of twists and turns very interesting yeah and mr apology just gets more and more sucked into the stories and particular characters and it starts to take more and more of a hold over his life and you can really liken it to the current obsession with serial killers and crime and all those things that we all kind of are getting into on netflix and stuff recently just with the the kind of morbid fascination is the, the phrase i was looking for yeah, the, the, the thing about the serial killers is, like, I've had my fill of all that stuff. And again, I've probably said this, uh, you know, in recent years or, sorry, in years, recent times on, on the feckin' check-in. But this is different. It's it's a completely different angle. And I don't know where it goes, obviously. I haven't looked it up, looked it up where it goes. But um, completely different angle. And it's fascinating because of that. It's not like something like Making a Murderer or the Bundy tapes or something where... Um, you kind of know the story before you start watching it because I'd never heard of this and I assume most people had never heard of this yeah I hadn't heard of it either and it's what's another thing that's really good about it is it's like a an audio uh, documentation again to use that phrase of the 1980s the way people talked in the 1980s and yeah, yeah. people were more harsh in their tone the way they talked to each other in general to make a complete generalization all right very uh, excellent stuff there for the e for entertainment that's the apology line it's available on all podcasting platforms and all that uh, but yeah definitely gets my recommendation i loved it absolutely i want to briefly mention something that i've been forcing on people recently uh, because i think it's good that's what you do in 2020 and 2021 isn't it you force things on people that you think are good yes you force topics down people's throat yes <laughs> <laughs> so this is an irish comedian uh from ireland <laughs> sorry i got distracted there <laughs> brought, we had a, a a zoom call with the lads there recently and um yeah i brought this guy up because i've been watching a lot of his videos his name is darren conway and he's on twitter at darren underscore conway and he's a very very unique irish comedian who does very quirky videos that are almost too difficult to explain but most of the videos star him playing two different characters and one of them is an antagonist and one of them is kind of a meek uh, participant in a conversation. And one of them is quite aggressive and the other person isn't. And it's a very, very funny take on Irish people. And it's it's exaggerated, but I don't know. Did you watch any of these videos? I did. I've watched a few of them. I really like them. And I think, like, I know people like this. And I'm sure you've met people like this in your life as well. They're really, they're people like where when you're in a room with them, they take over the entire room and they have this presence to them. And it's intimidating. And it's like almost kind of bullying but there's like wit to it and it's all in the name of banter in inverted commas but it's not banter it's it's very much like them saying i'm the boss here pal (laughs) 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 and it's like them taking over the whole situation and just been really kind of oh i can't think of the word but it's just like it's just kind of an intimidating presence to his videos and I just think it's it captures something that I've never seen captured in comedy before put it that way it's great and there's an absurd twist to it as well like there's the joke of like the two characters interacting but there's it just it always goes a, a kind of a weird way at the end <laughs> <laughs> will, we, will we play a clip for the listener yeah okay so this one is um. so just for the non-Irish listener a snack box is uh, it's a thing you get in a chipper a chipper is a takeaway where they primarily sell chips chips are french fries jesus i just know there's plenty of people who listen outside the world um so chipper is where you get chips and fried chicken or whatever and a snack box is usually a, a big box full of chips and a couple of pieces of fried chicken that's for context so this is a clip from one of his videos there he is what all right all right 
Grand, thanks. You okay? Yeah. Never been better. That's grand then, isn't it? We don't know, is it? You're always eating, aren't you? No, we only eat rice cakes now. Spoofer. You're always eating snack boxes. We only eat rice cakes now, man. You don't. You're always eating snack boxes. I swear to God I don't. You do. You eat the bones and everything, you big lump. It's a bit fucking bad, isn't it? Yeah, some man for the snack boxes. The whole house strung out on them. The snack box crew. Alright, so that was Darren Conway. That was E for entertainment. And now we're going on to C, which is for culture. So this is yours again. Toomey, what did you have for us for culture? Yeah, and apologies. I do have to go soon. Uh, time has gotten away for me with that rant about the Loki method. Um, so I'll just go through this uh, this one pretty quick for, for C for culture. Um, this month in February, we had two events that are kind of meaningless and innocuous enough. So Valentine's Day, February 14th. And then we had Pancake Tuesday, which was <laughs> February 17th. So they yeah. were both kind of condensed into this one week, which I thought was kind of unusual. I hadn't noticed that before. Well, uh, Pancake what? Tuesday is obviously a movable feast, so it's not always on the same day. Mm. And mm. it is a feast as well. Uh, I just wanted to use the term movable feast. Well, the pancakes move, so it's quite apt. The banter of the feckin' check-in. So, when I talked to you on WhatsApp about this idea, I think you got the impression that I was going to destroy these two days. And normally I would, because I think they're kind of silly days that uh, sometimes irk me. But because we're in lockdown and there's nothing else to do, myself and my wife were building towards these days for weeks. Oh, right, okay. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to Valentine's Day in a couple of weeks. Can't wait for Pancake Pancake Tuesday. I was like checking my watch like weeks before um, (laughs) for for Pancake Tuesday. Um, Yeah, it was big business this year by the looks of it. Uh, Just by social media and the shops and everything. It was like, it was a huge deal. Yeah, it was absolutely essential part of the, uh, of life. Of lockdown. (laughs) Of lockdown. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's funny. I I didn't actually make pancakes, but my housemate did and she made... um, Two different styles of pancakes. She made a regular crepe version that's common in Ireland, and then she made American style pancakes. So I just sat there and was handed pancakes like I was living at home back in nineteen ninety five. It was great, delicious. And do you have a preference for the American style or the Irish style? I do. You know what? I like them both in different ways. Cop out answer. Um, but American style pancakes, I would prefer if I were in an American diner. You know, and um sitting there with the surroundings and all that type of stuff and big stack big exactly yeah big stack of them uh but when i'm sitting at my kitchen table in ireland i like the crepe version better um so there you go geographical contributory factors there in my enjoyment of the different styles we were all over pancake tuesday this this year uh, <laughs> we had savory pancakes so i had pancake with a fried egg in the middle of it and oh i God. also Followed that up really quickly with the lemon and sugar one. We didn't go down the chocolate route. I think with pancakes, you're better off keeping it simple and having the the sugar and the lemon. That's just my opinion. Uh, You know what? I used to eat that when I was younger, but from the age of about, I don't know, nine or ten onwards, it was Nutella and ice cream all the way. Uh, And my mom would be having sugar and lemon. I'd be laughing at her going, ha, (laughs) loser. (laughs) 
Cream <laughs> sugar and lemon. Uh, whereas it was always a big, massive treat with a. Uh, with uh, ice cream and Nutella, and I, I didn't really eat Nutella on anything else because I didn't think it went on anything else really. But it certainly did go on a pancake. Yeah, and um, just before I go, uh, it was the same with uh, Valentine's Day. We we decided to make a lovely meal for ourselves, and we ordered in. Uh, you know the way you can get uh, delivery cocktails. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went out, and we bought glasses, and then we got uh, espresso martinis delivered to us from the. Vintage co- cocktail club in Dublin. Jeez, delicious. So nice. we normally wouldn't put any of that effort into Valentine's Day, but there's something about the lockdown where it's actually vitally important <laughs> for happiness. <laughs> yeah, no, me and Elaine did something similar. Well, we, I, like, we bought each other elaborate gifts <laughs> and celebrated <laughs> in style as well. Um, and we also ordered. Did we order cocktails as well? I think we did. Or no, that was a random weeknight <laughs> sorry what day what day of the week was valentine's day again i believe it was a saturday no it was a sunday but me and liz celebrated on the saturday so it was uh, a sunday yes so i think we got a takeaway and uh, we drank a fair amount and bought elaborate gifts but yeah we, we definitely celebrated it um and i took the monday off work actually we both took the monday off work that's that's how much of a big deal <laughs> we made of it uh so yeah it was yeah it was a huge deal um and uh, yeah, it's because of it's because of lockdown, really. And you have these little milestones, and you you, you blow them out of proportion. <laughs> Absolutely. And and uh, speaking of work, I've got to unfortunately run off for the first time ever. And fucking fe- check it. Oh sorry, shit! Not, I forgot I'm you were doing quite. this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, gotta go. Um, <clears throat> uh, I've explained to yourself off air, uh, and you know that I can't disclose what it is. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, no so I just uh, had to do this. <laughs> Um, and um, I was going to say I was going to say that uh, next I'm really looking forward to next week's episode which will be our 100th ever podcast episode I really can't yeah, wait for that yeah me too yeah I mean like it's been quite stressful recently with all the different stuff and all the different podcasts going on but I'm really looking forward to it as well it's a 100th one on the network I mentioned it a bit on on Feckin' Metal the other day and uh, yeah it's um, it's going to be a good one definitely I'm really I like I can't believe we're here for 100 episodes of anything really like 100 it seems like a massive milestone. It is. It is. And we're going to have lots of like really golden geese, the best geese that we've had so far. So I, I can't believe we got them all. And like coordinating them was a movable feast as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a mind fuck. And that's part of the stress that I'm referring to. And it's it's a reason that I've been late with other things and delivering other things as well. But getting these. Well, I will just wait until people hear. Who we yeah. do have on the episode uh, it'll speak for itself yeah better not to build it up i have the special guest he's gonna co- give you a call on skype so maybe we'll just take a break for the listener and yeah well we, we'll cut it here and then I, i'll come back in when the guest is on grant okay all right all right so, see you trainer. to me right see you later nice chatting to you bye bye you too
Alright, so welcome back. Toomey unfortunately had to go. We do have a very adequate replacement, more than adequate, I'll say. Uh, so this person is somebody who probably is familiar to a lot of you. Uh, he's a legendary broadcaster. He's done a lot of work with the BBC over the years. Um, he's done a lot of work with the Royal Family over in the UK. Uh, he was on ITV, did some work for Channel 4. He's written for Broadsheet Newspapers. He's had his own radio show. Uh, so it's none other than Sir John O'Groats. Welcome to the show, Sir John. Yes, Fergal, good laddie. It's good to see you. Yes, yes. I haven't seen you since uh, a similar appearance on Open Us. I think it would have been Open Us, yeah. That, that's the last yes, one it was. Yes, it's, it's kind of disappeared like a fart in the wind. Yes. That well, one. we felt like after um, uh, 20 episodes that it really... Well, it stuck it, up the joints, it did. This is Sir John, everybody. Uh, yeah, no, well, I mean, it, it kind of it ran its course after... Um, uh, 20 uh, well we, we kind of started we went into lockdown of course um, as you'll remember around the time that it uh, finished yes 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 I wasn't listening to it to be honest and really wasn't that interested in what you were saying but um, the the current thing and, and uh, I'll do this as a special favour to you of course um, me myself and to me uh, we, we go way back so I'm doing it as a special favour so He's, uh, he asked me to do this, so 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 it's a feck of something, is it a f- fuck of feck? <laughs> well, uh, so it, it, it uh, I tell you, Jimmy said he had explained it to you, but uh, it's, it's so we use the word feck as an acronym. Yeah. It's F E C K. So well, yes, yeah, so it's some sort of slang. Is it Irish? Uh, yeah, Irish yeah it's, it's a byword for fuck, really, but it, it's a more tame version. I mean, I'm sure you've heard it before, but um, why not just say the 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 full fuck? <laughs> well, it, it's kind of a so we're getting off track here but it, it's kind of just makes the podcast a bit more Irish you know in the name uh, F-E-C-K oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah so so F is for funny observations E is for entertainment C is for culture and K now is for kernels of truth so um, oh, yes 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 Toomey did say something about kernels of truth sort of words of wisdom absolute of course coming from you two who have of course uh, qualified I suppose to, to give these words of wisdom well, see, it's it's a, so it's normally something kind of like the layperson's take on uh, a kernel of truth. Like it might be a quote or something. Yes, yes. Get on with it. Get on with it. What is this? Was your big fancy kernel of truth? So Toomey had written one down. So it's um, the concept of have a ha, um, uh, um, having skin in the game. Uh, so yes, yes. basically, reflections on on learning about investing money in something and then uh, learning a lot about it. It could be applied to stocks or bitcoin or gambling for example oh yes yeah, so it sounds very riveting and what are we supposed to learn from that oh there's skin in the game very original very original sort of topic is it uh, how long did it take you to come up with that one well as i said Toomey came up with it it wasn't me i, I thought he kind of briefed you about it beforehand uh, blame uh, the man who's not here to defend himself <laughs> it's not very clever is it oh uh, I think uh, um, he'd corroborate this if he were here. But anyway, so I'm sure you yourself, Sir John, have had um, you've made um, invested some money over Mm. the years. Do do you have any? Oh um, yes. If if you're talking about entrepreneurial endeavour and and skin in the game, I I I wrote a book on it. Literally, Uh, it's it's called Skin in the Game by Sir John O'Groats in the late 1980s. uh, Second edition published in the early 1990s. Yes, yes, and uh, of course. One of the things I said in, in in that particular book, and based on my own experience, was that you literally do have to have skin in the game. So, for example, when I started off in radio, I invested in you know, this kind of equipment and my promotion, my marketing. I put a lot of money into it, my own investments. 
And and how much investment have you put into to, to this uh, this thing? Uh, into the podcast? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, I'd say thousands. Several... I would presume because you'd need to. I suppose you need to, of course, to put yourself out there to take a risk to to really really put in about ten grand. I presume as as minimum investment when you're sort of trying to enter into a huge market with all these big players, celebrities. You know what I mean? Uh, I presume it would be at least ten grand. Yes probably closer to about 2000 and the large portion of that was buying a, a pc um but yeah i mean i, I would consider that to, 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 to um to, uh, be skin in the game and so toomey was going to talk about stocks uh, bitcoin for example uh, have you any interest in bitcoin sir john well, bitcoin is a good way to lose money it's a bit, a bit like tulips in the 17th century it's just people getting a bit crazy over nothing really it's just absolute claptrap Claptrap, okay, but I mean, it's it's continuously gone up in value since it was introduced uh, over a decade ago. Yes, but it has no intrinsic value. It's uh, it doesn't. It's supposed to be digital money, of course, and everything we we use in today's world is digital. There's no point in in using some fancy. I I don't know who created it. Some Japanese bloke. Um, nobody even knows. There's nobody. Um, Blacking, backing this currency it's absolute nonsense and i heard it's a uh, quite uh, quite frankly uh, 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 a sort of a sort of a uh, sort of put sort of a a place for for criminals for blackguards for prostitution for drugs you name it is used by this uh, bitcoin so if you if you're going to talk about that absolute nonsense then uh, I think you're talking to the wrong person here, Vlog. Look, Sir John, you're not making it very easy for me here. Look, I'm just trying to interview you. It's not. I. Uh, it. This isn't how I wanted it to go. I would have preferred to have spoken to Toomey. So. Yes, but, I suppose it's not the way you want to go. But I'm. I'm the one who's the the world uh, famous broadcaster working on the BBC World Service for over two decades. So if it was me running this, uh, this show as you call it, this feck of whatever it is. Uh, I would be running it with far more interesting topics about skin in the game, about some nonsense magic pixie currency. Oh, oh really? Would you? What type of topics? I would have on different guests from all over the world. I would open up my black book of contacts and I would have three or four of A-list celebrities on my podcast. Toomey had mentioned something about golden geese or something. He was joking. He said you had some ma- major kind of well-known people on your your podcast network but then when i looked at the caliber of guests i was well, well we, we did we had a surely disappointed father damo from um from father ted was going to come on and uh um the guy who used to uh carry niall quinn's bags um was was going to come on as well and uh and uh, there, well there was there were more than that there was there was, there was a guy who was on a uh, mcgalty rasher's ad in uh, in the yeah, 1980s. So it goes back to skin in the game. There's no skin in the game. There's no risk. There's no entrepreneurial spirit. There's no enterprise. There's no well, excitement well, they, they, around these people guests. are quite famous w- within Ireland. Oh, <laughs> in Ireland, little Ireland. Oh, oh, laddie da. Oh, you're going to be popular in the Pale or Dublin, or maybe you extend out to the Midlands and Kildare and Leash and Offaly. Yes. So, so w- w- meanwhile, Sir John O'Groats is headlining shows all over the world from L.A. to London to New York to Beijing, talking to the A-list uh, Hollywood uh, actors, to leading sports people, to musicians. Right, fine. You you can get all those people on the feckin' check-in. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, 
Obviously I could, it would be nothing to me. As I said, I just have my uh, black book calls and I could do a better show for you and just with a click of the fingers, to be quite honest with you. All right, I'm going to put it out there. If you can get somebody better than Father Damo from Father Ted for next week's episode, you do the fucking episode. And to be honest, I'm sick of listening to your shit. I'm finished. You can finish off the show. Good luck. Yes, yes. Kid throwing his toys out of the pram. Well, I, I don't know if you're there anymore, Fergal. Frankly, I don't care. I don't give a damn. But, yes, I'm going to take you up on your challenge. And I'm going to host next week's show. And uh, Toomey's headed to your 100th centenary special. 100, 100 wasted hours, I suppose, for your listeners. But I'm going to rejuvenate it. Next week, I'm going to host it. I'm going to get those stars on. You'll have stars in your eyes with Sir John of Groats and multi-award winning, appearing all over the world, broadcaster, journalist, anchor, and all-around knowledgeable human being. I will see you next week for the 100th episode of the Feck and Check-In with Sir John of Groats. Take care. Bye-bye. Guess who just got back today? The wild-eyed boys that had been away Haven't changed, had much to say but man, I still think them cats are crazy They were asking if you were around How you was, where you could be found I told them you were living downtown Driving all the old men crazy What she'd got Man, when I tell you she was cool, she was red hot I mean she was steaming And that time over at Johnny's place Well, this chick got up and she slapped Johnny's face Man, we just fell about the place If that chick don't want to know, forget her Summer comes. Now that the boys are here again.